Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth and concepts for improving organizational culture. This is your host, Philip Grison. As you increase your wisdom, I hope you enlighten others on your path towards greatness. If you want to go further, head over to leaderthink.com. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about negative voices. The loudest voices in the room are the negative ones. They are quick, biased, and they don't contemplate the truth. Not in the moment, anyway. They need time for that. They first allow the reactional, emotional, and primal brain to speak, allowing their analytical and focused prefrontal cortex to speak would be slow and inefficient. There's a reason for it. So is it any wonder you hear loud negative voices consistently more than positive voices? When you hear those negative voices, can you see through them? Do you see where they are coming from? The words you hear are not the best part of that human in front of you. They are the most primal part of them. Can you see past that or at least recognize it for what it is? When someone speaks to you with loud negativity, does it affect you in any way? Do you think negative thoughts when someone speaks to you in a loud negative voice? That's like a caveman speaking to a caveman. Limbic brain reacting to another limbic brain. What is it not? It is definitely not an analytical, conscious, enlightened prefrontal cortex speaking. How are positive voices different? Positive voices are slow to speak. They have awareness of their thoughts, contemplate them, do the work, and then they speak. They are analytical, so they tend to ask questions. They desire more information on the subject instead of immediately forming an opinion. They are less biased, less judgmental, so they tend to discuss the positives and negatives of any subject. They see the yin and yang that exist in most everything. Positive words come from the prefrontal, maybe even the soul. Think before you speak. What a timeless old wisdom truth. Think for a minute of the depth behind this lesson. If we first think before we speak, we will access the conscious part of our brain. We will analyze what we see or hear in a less biased way. Any words we do speak may come from a state of curiosity, a desire for further understanding, instead of quickly disregarding the information in a pessimistic fashion. We are bombarded with negative voices. The news, social media, the entertainment machine, other people around us, who we love dearly, no doubt. That's what makes it so difficult to separate yourself and your own thinking from all the negative noise thrown at you on a consistent basis. Your limbic brain is designed to be on the lookout for threats. Here comes an entire army of negativity running towards you. Your brain has a built-in autopilot function to quickly react to such negativity. So it does what it's designed to do, react. How does it react? In the same exact way as the army heading towards you. Negative, reactional, emotional, defensive. 
How many thoughts do we actually have? How many come from the primal brain? Humans have anywhere from 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. As many as 98% of them are exactly the same as the thoughts we had yesterday. 80% of our thoughts are negative. The loudest voice in your mind is also the negative one. The positive voice in your mind is humble. If you are having negative thoughts about negative voices in the room, what does that tell you? What part of your brain is the one thinking? See through the fog. Can you see through the noise of the primal brain's voice when they speak? Behind it is a deep human, a soul who is so much more than the words that are spoken in the moment. Don't give up. Give them the time to process the info with their prefrontal. They need it. The reason they need it is that they aren't weak. That's a good thing, even though it's frustrating. I was blessed to learn this truth, the need for time to process new information. Although it was a little painful in the moment, it enlightened me to the need for patience. There's also a need for acceptance that you don't always get to see the fruits of your labor, and that is A-OK. Let's talk about the general superintendent. Once I was teaching a leadership class, and one of the guys was constantly arguing with me. He was pretty much against any concept I presented. During the breaks, he was making comments to his peers, this is a bunch of kumbaya BS. He was high up on the org chart, so most of his peers, they looked up to him. About three months later, I ran into him on another job site. I was working for a different client at the time. He came up to me, and he told me I was right about the concepts I presented in the class. I brought awareness to some things they needed to work on as a company. How about that? So what happened? The same thing that always happens. His limbic brain reacted to the concepts I presented during the class in the moment. Concepts that go against the loud chorus of voices of this world. But on the drive home that night, he most likely processed the information of the day with his prefrontal cortex. He noticed there was some truth there and then formed a non-emotional, unbiased opinion about the information he received. Unfortunately, we rarely get to see this process. Humans need time for the process to do its thing. Most often, we are not in the room when it happens. And we need to be completely okay with that. Here's another one for you, the safety manager. In another scenario, I had this student in several week-long classes over the course of about six months. I throw out some leadership concepts. The student reacts with his limbic brain. He rejects the concepts in a loud, negative voice. Some words used were strict discipline is the only way to motivate behavior, or something like that. It sounded more like beat people over the head with stick. If they don't obey, hit harder, caveman brain. But that was probably my limbic brain reacting. The good news is, in the very last course, six months later, that gentleman told me, Philip, 
I'm coming around to these new concepts. It's taking me a while to buy into them, but I do see there is truth in them, truths that could take us to another level. In this scenario, it was of great importance that I never give up. Even though I was the emotional punching bag for six months straight, he was probably processing the info presented in those classes a little each day on the drive home. It took time, significant time, but he finally came around. How often do I never see the fruits of this labor? In six months of classes, with about 40 students each, how many negative voices never came up to me or sent me an email and said, Hey, Philip, I get it now. We have to be completely okay with that. When the negative voice speaks, the positive prefrontal will still do its thing. It will just be later on the drive home, and you won't be there with the individual when it happens. You are still changing the world for the better. You just don't get a gold star for it. Are you 100% okay with that? Because that is what leadership requires. To lay your head on the pillow, knowing you are doing your part and rarely getting a reward for it. So how do we deal with all of this? First, recognize the facts. Most often, the loudest voice is not the best part of the person speaking. It is as if their caveman brain is speaking to you. Should you let those quick, loud, negative voices influence your emotions or judge them? That would be like letting a child control the emotion of an adult. That happens to all of us, by the way. But if you are a parent, do you understand the need to not get emotional when your child gets emotional? What happens in that scenario? If you react in an emotional negative way when your child is feeling emotional and negative, what happens? Does it calm the child down or feed the negativity? Is it not the same thing in a training setting with adult students and adult instructors? Student vocalizes the primal thoughts of their limbic brain. Teacher reacts with same negative limbic brain. What is the outcome? Progress and coming to a common ground? Or does that negativity feed and grow? One of us has to cut off the food supply. Might as well be you, right? See it for what it is. Some of this negativity can be coming from things that have nothing to do with you at all. You are just the emotional punching bag that fits the bill today. Behind anger, there is always pain, in the words of Eckhart Tolle. They could be hurting inside. Who knows what all they have been through? Everyone around you is going through some kind of suffering, and that suffering that they are going through is a suffering that most, if not all, of their neighbors are unaware of. Most of us are under a tremendous amount of stress. I'm the one who has the responsibility to bring the positivity to the room. That is my job. My purpose is to bring it. Why would greatness be easy and celebrated with a ton of backslapping? 
You are speaking a message that is quieter and different than the loud voice of the world. Don't judge it. Don't react to it. Allow it to be. It will instantly diminish. If you react to it in an emotional way, you feed it. The negativity grows stronger. If you turn the other cheek to it, it instantly begins to diminish. Recognize it in yourself. If you pay close attention to the thoughts you have, do you see the same process in yourself? Do you have negative thoughts? Maybe they are thoughts you keep to yourself. Can you recognize when they are coming from that reactive caveman brain of yours? Can you see the difference when you process any situation with your enlightened prefrontal cortex? What if you had the ability to set your prefrontal cortex to come on at specific times in your life, times when you need it the most? The good news is you can do that. The same technology we have today that some people think is all bad has the ability to engage your prefrontal whenever you desire it to. You have to plan positive thoughts. Negative thoughts are on autopilot, caveman brain. Positive thinking comes from the planning part of your brain, the prefrontal. Program positive thinking in your calendar. There are times when I have an office day and I take a look through my calendar. What are the specific moments when I need to engage my prefrontal cortex and I may forget to? Five to ten minutes before I begin a seminar, that's a great time to program my brain. Immediately before the after-lunch session, when everybody's got a bunch of food in their bellies and sleepy. Immediately before I interview a manager during a culture assessment. What are those moments for you? Can you look ahead in your calendar and program your phone to switch on your prefrontal at specific, highly relevant moments? What would you program your phone to do? I program inspirational leadership or enlightenment quotes to go off right at those times. Sometimes I just write a message to myself. Whatever I think I need to hear right before I begin that activity. This is really just a twist on an old concept of putting post-it notes on your bathroom mirror. Great minds have done this before. Programming their brain first thing in the morning. Now we have the ability to program them throughout the day. What a blessing. So in summary, negative voices are not highly analytical, unbiased Albert Einstein brains speaking to us. They are a close relative of Neanderthals. Emotional, reactive, judgmental. See through them. Behind them is a deeper human being, one who has the ability to use their prefrontal. Don't judge them. Help them become aware of it. Can you guide their thought towards the prefrontal? Can you bring awareness to them of this concept? 
If you can, maybe they will share it with someone else. And the enlightenment spreads. Have a great day, everybody. If you learned something valuable today, please share it with others. For more information, head over to leaderthink.com.